Craig and Stephen Duncan run several podcasts, including BTN, Beside the Norm, and All That Dope Shit, which is about hip-hop, I think. So they're used to interviewing all sorts of people from all walks of life, from politics to, to rap music. But today, we're reversing the usual way of things. I'm interviewing the interviewers. Reason being, these guys have both suffered and survived COVID. So this interview will be about that experience. So I'm Bill Mayer, but that doesn't really matter because this is about these two guys. Obviously, as we've never done this kind of reverse experience podcast before, you'd expect that we'd rehearsed it, but we don't do things like that. <laughs> so uh, we're just going to get straight into it. Uh, Craig and Stephen, how are you doing? We're doing, uh, we're doing fantastic. We slept in the day. Uh, Good. And so we've just not long woken up. We, mm-hmm. we got up about an hour ago, had some toast. And uh-huh. we're ready to roll. One of the most annoying things ever is I was looking forward so much to a coffee, but I forgot to get coffee. <laughs> so uh, we're on Vimto right. and yeah. water. We're fueled by Vimto and water. Aye. Oh, Vimto, that'll do the trick. Yeah, it's got that's, lots of E numbers in it, I believe. So, that's uh, it. You oh, it's a lot of shit. Aye, aye. Brilliant. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So stimulants, that's what you want. Mm. I remember when, when my little girl was little, we had to look out for E110, I think it was, and E113, I think it was. And it was a yellow colouring, uh, red food colouring that made kids like hyperactive. Um, and so you get them in fish fingers, the red and the yellow, to get your orange colour on your fish fingers. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for something as a wee pick-me-up, look for your E numbers on the back, E110, and the other one that I'm, I'm a bit I'm a bit shady on. I think it's a good one. How have you been the last week? I also have a fish finger, right? Nice. There you go. How have you been the last week, both of you? Been not too bad the last week. Like, I noticed a... Uh, and we'll get in, we'll get into this in a, in a bit more depth in a wee while. But I have noticed just in the past few weeks that um, sorry after COVID, I've been getting a lot more wheezy. So I've been sitting like just wheezy. like wheezy. I basically just sitting and you can yeah. like, you can you, quite you can hear it sometimes mm. coming in. No so much today, but um, I, I have noticed that happening. No, I gave you one of my extra uh, inhalers. Mm-hmm. And uh, you only seem to have used it once. I only used it once. But that day that you I needed it, you really needed it. Oh, yeah, like it, was, it, was it, was, it was very, very audible. So I have noticed that a bit in my... A bit of the, kind of, the, the inside starting to fail. <laughs> well, you did in a week. In a, small, <laughs> in, a, in a small sense, sort of thing. I'm getting them six months so, for the most. That work. So for each of you, how long ago was it that you that you had COVID, that you, that you kind of started having it and kind of stopped having it? Although the long COVID, I guess when you stop having it, I will uh, get the exact. So how, how long? How long ago when you when you when you both started? Right. So, I will try and so get I'll the start, exact I'll, date. I'll, I'll start telling the story, basically what happened, um, and then Craig could get cool. the actual dates for you. So what seems to have, what seems to have happened is um, we got to the point of getting a bit kind of overconfident when we we're outside, and uh, mm. I was I was basically the one that's got that got sent to the shops and stuff like that. Craig has. Underlying issues like asthma and stuff like that, and obesity, and obesity and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I, I'm, no, I'm no far off it myself, but to be, but a wee, a wee, just slightly, slightly healthier. Um, so right. I was the one sort of going at the shops and stuff like that, and we got definitely a bit more. Like, I mean, we had like uh, the hand gel in the car and stuff, uh, but at that point, it was just oh, we we'll just nip out, we we'll nip back in again, it'll be fine. 
Mm-hmm. And then just, oh, oh didn't, he, didn't he do my hands that time? Didn't he do this? Because there was new cases coming up in Kerry yeah. a lot of the time as well. We were just sort of getting to the point of we were like, this probably isn't going to reach here uh, for some reason. For some reason, we had that in our head. Uh, uh, so I sure. happened to go into a shop I hadn't been in since the beginning of March. Uh, it's a shop we rarely go into because it's quite expensive um, compared to this right. or the other shops around about here. So we hadn't been in that shop since March, so this would have been what date? And I think it was around the either the sixteenth of October or the nineteenth of October. Right. So it seems like we went into a shop uh, into that shop at that time because we actually went into three shops at that time. You're about to ruin an air question, so stop there. Okay. That's all right. Okay. But just before you do, <laughs> I'll just give some context. That, that was about the 16th of October, and we're talking today on the 14th of December. Yeah. So that's basically, as we four months ago, just to give some context. Uh, and also, just for carry on as well, I should have said, uh, Craig and Stephen are brothers, and they live in the same house. Mm-hmm. And Kennaway is it, it's a fairly small village. Yeah, and it's about, about 3, people. I don't know, maybe five, six miles away from the nearest kind of decent-sized town. So it's a wee enclosed community. Mm-hmm. And that's probably why uh, Stephen's saying that he thought, well, it won't come here with an isolated hamlet, you know. So, yeah, yeah. carry on. It. So, it's, so it seems that we got it on the 16th or the 19th, but we didn't get tested until the 27th. Mm-hmm. So we right. think we had it for maybe two weeks before we got tested, maybe a week and a half, actually, it seems. Uh, but I didn't get sick until... Wednesday, which was the twenty first of October, and the right. the Thursday was my worst day, which was the twenty second. That was the day where I thought I was going to faint, where I couldn't go out of my bed, I couldn't stop coughing, I couldn't breathe. That was easily the worst day because you came up and gave me a what was it paracetamol or ibuprofen right. or something. I'm not sure where to jump in because you said I might ruin the <laughs> next question. Did he say how we got it? All right, oh, that's fine. No, because I got the I realised I had the symptoms the day before. Yeah. The, day, the day before that you mentioned that you had symptoms. Uh-huh. Um, just at a lower level because I was smoking at the time. So I was already sort of naturally like coughing a lot uh, due to the smoking. And uh, that's another thing that's kind of changed, weirdly enough. Uh, there's a, there's apparently... Because we interviewed an epidemiologist a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So as you said in your in your document to us, we are basically experts at this point. And, uh, that's right. So one of the things that we learned was that, actually I don't think it was for her, but I just happened to uh, remember reading this, mm-hmm. that smoking is not actually one of the big fears for COVID. In some cases, smokers do better. Uh, and I don't know I don't know why that right. is, but uh, well, apparently that's a thing. Yeah, well, there's a the thing, because right, I smoked from when I was 14. I started smoking when I was 14. And smoked till I was about 30 or something like that. And I was fit as a fiddle. Still am, but all during those years I was. But the thing about smoking was, and I've said this to you guys before, was I had childhood asthma up until the age of 14. Mm. Age of 14, I started smoking. Boom. No more asthma. Ever. And now I'm almost 60. Never had asthma since. I've stopped smoking, though. So I often wonder. And then people say, asthma comes in seven-year cycles. I don't think it was the smoking that stopped it. And I say, you know what? Which sounds more like a superstitious old wives' tale. Asthma comes in seven-year cycles or smoking could actually, because, you know, smoking physically affects your, your tubes and your lungs and all that sort of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. That actually has a physical effect, which of that sounds more like something you've made up or your granny told you. Yeah, anyway, I don't know where they get this. So like, that's interesting, yeah. All these, all those old wife's tales usually have like a specific set of like, like a time period. Like asthma just decides yeah. after seven years. I mean, folk, folk do get rid of a childhood asthma, and it tends to be in the teenage years. Mm-hmm. But I, know, I don't, but don't like you know, eczema. Don't, like I used to have toilet. eczema, and I don't have it anymore. Right, it seemed to disappear when right. I was a young teenager person. Uh, I don't know what, exactly start, when it disappeared. Smoking, no, 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 when I started smoking. <laughs> no, I, I've had one fag in my life, and I didn't even inhale. All right. So and you right. and and uh, what was annoying is Stephen had moaned at me for smoking, and because I was at the youth club that he was a youth worker at mm-hmm. volunteer. It wasn't a real right. youth worker at this point, and uh, he had to come out and ask me for a lighter. That <laughs> was a great youth club. Okay. All the youngins had lighters. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. So I, I, I Stephen, bought... you said you. Sorry, so I... Stephen, you said you were smoking at the time. When when yeah. I'm interrupting you, Craig. Sorry, Paul. Sorry, it's all right. On you go. Mine's no interesting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, it's not, it's, not, it's not the job of the interviewer to interrupt. You said you were you were smoking at the time, Stephen. Does that mean you've stopped smoking now, or does it mean you this, you were having a cigarette at the time when you were teasing and coughing? <laughs> well, basically, I, I've I seem is that about two months now. Did you stop at COVID? Yeah, it's been four months since COVID. Two months since COVID. Two months. October, November, right, December. Right. So I stopped um, after the Paul Bogey. No, no, it was before that, wasn't it? I don't know. I think it, was about, it must have been about a week before the Paul Bogey thing. So well, the reason I don't know is because you never tell me when you stopped. Well, this is a thing because I am notorious for stopping and starting constantly. And it's constantly been a thing, like ever since I started smoking, trying to get off it, and like yeah. I, you really believe in the ba- in your mind that you're really going to stop this time every single time, and you probably hear that you hear the same thing a lot for like heroin addicts and stuff, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. This time it seemed to scare me a wee bit because as I was like, I just the taste, and I, I don't know how to explain this so well, but like I haven't enjoyed smoking. Since I had the right, the okay. COVID, that's good for some reason. That's not something you told me before. Aye. So the fact that no, COVID changed the taste and shit like that—that's a weird thing about COVID, by the way. Like I've had chest infections and I've had I think I've had flu twice mm-hmm. and I've had uh, coronavirus right. before. I've had the cold before, right? Mm-hmm. And they uh, they're all, they're one thing. They're fine, right? But the change the change in taste and smell—that's fucking weird. That's that's the most horrible thing for two fat guys for yeah, taste yeah. to Aye. disappear. The most important thing in your but life. The fact that it's like you're you didn't like smoke anymore. Well, that that, that that was that was a big turning point for me, and at least in that sense, because I definitely knew that. Like at least before, like I knew I knew there was some sort of stress relief that came from having a cigarette, sort of thing. Uh, but yeah. the fact that I'm not enjoying this stress relief. It just, yeah. I it just, it just wanted me to to stop, and and because I'd failed so many times in the last time, I, I told people, and they'd be like, "Cool, we'll see you in a week." <laughs> so I thought, right, you know what? Right. I'm not telling anybody. Uh, I'd never even told you. You live in the house. You never even noticed. I was, I was, I was about three weeks in, and you never even noticed. Yeah, I think people assume because we stay in the same house. Like even our cousin comes in. Mm. And if we're in separate rooms, he's like, "Why are you not in the same room? Why are you not just like like we should be twenty four hours all in yeah. the same room, just all chilling and shit." You're in your room, I'm in my yeah. room, and that's that's it. That's just how we live. We're mm. never really 
in the same room together unless we're doing a podcast. We're not, we're not highly sociable, which is weird for us to do a podcast. I do understand that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of the same. You, you can be social in small busts with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah, it's like an hour a week. It's, it's fine. Of, <laughs> it's great. Down on the charm, exactly. That's so right. what we're going to do is, all right, that's okay. I was going to say we're going to go through the people's questions. Yep. But that first question is actually mine, so we're okay. But we'll give the name checks as we go along so people's ears will prick up. So like you say, you've already answered this question. But anyway, uh, John A. Thompson from Fruity. And by the way, we've got questions from all over the place. So nice. uh, this is a very wide-reaching, wow. a very wide-reading episode of uh, uh, BPN. Awesome. John A. Thompson, Fruity. How and where do you believe you were infected? So, ah, oh, that's the question I was going to run. Ah, <laughs> uh, so again, we we believe after speaking <clears throat> to the contact tracer that it was when we went to the co-op one day, and we believe that to either be the sixteenth or the nineteenth, mm-hmm. which is either the Friday or the Monday. And the only reason right. I think that is because there was a news story came out, yeah, um, around about the, and that we weren't going to bother getting tested. Let's put that forward. We were just going to leave it. Because we again we thought it was a chest infection and we thought we are self isolating anyway. We had no plans to go out or like we could just go over this ourselves anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it wasn't until <clears throat> there was a newspaper article came out about the co op in Kennaway. Um sort of there was like five members of staff or something uh, put on isolation. Uh, and there was like got you. Uh, lots of customers coming out with yeah. different uh, And then uh, the co op shut. And then, Early. Then, so, yep. t- to put that into context, so the right. court was meant to be shutting for refurbishment anyway, mm-hmm. but because of the COVID right. outbreak, they decided we'll just shut early, yep. get the refurbishment done, and then that'll be it. So they shut early because of the COVID outbreak, but uh, they already planned to shut. So it wasn't like mm. it wasn't like April; they didn't just shut down for that. But uh. Uh, aye, so it seems that we got it sixteenth <clears> to <throat> the nineteenth, and we think it's right. we think it's oh, we only think it's from that shop mainly because of the newspaper article. Yep. But we didn't get tested on the twenty eighth. Right. So how did that happen? Did you do like a postal test or what? Yeah, well, that is an earlier thing. So we had symptoms, so we weren't allowed to go in, to, like to shops or anything. And uh, uh-huh. I didn't quite have it. So the nearest place that I found was St Andrews, was the nearest like drive through test centre, and right. I did not have quite enough diesel in my car to get to St Andrews. And right. having symptoms, I wasn't allowed to go into the garage and get and, me a diesel. And because I gave you COVID, uh, I couldn't run into the sh- to the garage. Yeah, so. so we couldn't get diesel. And so we were like, fuck, uh-huh. we're just going to need to deal with a test then. Mm-hmm. Because I'd heard all these stories mm-hmm. about how it was impossible to get a home test kit because they were always, they were always out of stock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. just assumed we weren't going to get a test at any point. But it uh, turns out that wasn't as true as the media made it seem. Yep. And it was very, very easy right. to get a home test kit. So We uh, got we got the test delivered. You ordered it at 6 or 7 o'clock at night. Yep, and it was the next day. We got it the next morning yep. via Amazon delivery. Wow. That and how it. long did it take to turn around and then give you a diagnosis? The next day. 24 hours. Or was it like a pregnancy test where it tells you the same day? Or what, no, it no, like? you sent, that was an error. She was, we had to send it back again. So mm-hmm. we had to go right. twice. Uh, no, we didn't need to go twice. We had to go at once. No, we had to order the test, and then the next day we had to go out with symptoms again. Meant to be illegal, but you need to do it to post your uh-huh. test. Uh-huh. To in order post... to in order to post it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, so oh, we had to wow. go out and post this test, and uh, then 
the next night. So this was half three, I'm sure. You got, you got a message. time you had to send uh, Well, the basically, the, you had to send it within the hour of um, the last pickup of the post box. Right. Basically. It, it's because there's a certain yep. time and they needed need to check. And it's just in case of false positives. Ah. Basically, there's a certain right. amount of time they need to check uh, the actual the virus is still active. So I think for the hours it was half past three. Yep. And so we had to send it at half past three. And then I got my results about 11 o'clock the next night. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I, got, I got my That leads us perfectly. That leads us perfectly the next question. And uh, the same question from two people. One is uh, Daffy Patrykowski, originally from Poland. He's a friend of mine. He lives in Coventry now. Nice. And Ryan Malcolm McGuinness from somewhere in Fife. And they both help, they both want to know how did you react when you heard the diagnosis results when you found out you had COVID for the first time? You got your diagnosis back. Yeah. Okay. Well, and you, you, you're just saying there you got your diagnosis results back by text, yeah? Yeah, by text, yeah, I. By text I. So we'll answer first since I got my result first. Ah, uh, you go for it, I. So I was playing a game with a friend of mine who's a, a Twitch streamer. So it's very possible. A what, sorry? A Twitch streamer. It's an online gaming thing where you okay. stream yourself playing games. So it's very possible that my yeah. reaction to getting COVID is online somewhere. <laughs> but uh, I kind oh, of... Oh, see, yeah, cool. At this point, because I was starting to get better by the time I got my test results, I assumed that it wasn't COVID. Mm-hmm. So we had already right. had it in our heads that it wasn't COVID. It was, it was either a, a flu or a chest infection or someone else. But uh, we were pretty sure it wasn't COVID because we weren't uh, as bad as we assumed we were going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when I opened the text and saw that it was COVID, I kind of got a weird feeling of like, oh, shit. I've got that shit. Aye. Mm-hmm. It's actual drona. And, sorry, uh-huh. continue on. I've, I've got a great... But, but uh, because I was already past like the peak of the worst of it, I wasn't as nervous as I probably would have been because I realised afterwards, right. and we'll, we're probably going to go into this at some point later on, I realised later that I'd got myself more nervous about COVID than I'd let myself right. believe or I'd let myself uh-huh. tell people that I was ne- nervous about it. So there was a sense of relief as well that I was like, shit, right, I've had it and I've beaten it and I'm now on the mend, so mm-hmm. good. But also fucking weird because I didn't get anybody that's had COVID mm-hmm. and now I've got mm-hmm. it and that's odd to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it didn't do that thing where it, it kind of, you get the COVID, you feel bad, then you feel better, then you feel bad again. Uh, not physically, no. No, no, just yeah, emotionally, mentally. So I had, I had a slightly, like, pretty much the same experience, but I wanted to go back, like, when the, sorry, like, when the first, uh, first few things about uh, coronavirus had come out, I got a cough mm. one night, <laughs> and I had a panic yeah. attack because I thought well, I thought I had the virus. I thought I'm going to have to move at the house. I forget. I, I was thinking all oh, the worst things in the world because this was when it was like fresh in everybody's mind. But yeah, because it had been so long, and that I knew that like most people were going to survive this thing. Yeah. I had a, l- a little bit of like. I kind of thought I had, we kind of thought we had coronavirus, like, before we got the test. 
we had it in our minds that we had it. Right. But uh, again, weren't sure that that was one of the things. So I, well, I would just say that we thought at this point that we ha- didn't have it. I, I did. I, I, I thought we did. Did we not agree at one point though that it was like probably isn't that because we're already better in the beginning? But it was it was the day that we got um, that we got the test through. I was like, it's probably this. Uh. But we, we are near the end because like we were done the test. Uh, I was like, the next day I was able to go out. <laughs> Right. It was the next the next day. Yep. The guy on the phone said that I had I was able to go out. Right. Uh, so at that time I was so like, so. So how did the day after the test you were able? How's that then? Well, basically, uh, because we'd waited so late to get the thing done, uh, the rules on the th- on the e- on the website said that you have to wait ten days after the first show of symptoms. And then ah you, right, okay, it's from the symptoms, not from the test. Yeah, basically, yeah. Basically, I saw. Like, oh, I see. So it wasn't told like the following day. Um, I was sort of free to go outside. Uh, I had no intentions right. of that. I stayed right. in like a week afterwards, just just in case. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I was oh. totally free because there go was out. still some symptoms. Like, there was still, uh, there was the cough. I mean, my cough persisted for about a month, mm-hmm. and uh, right. so I wasn't sure whether what symptoms required you to stay in longer because it says ten days from the onset of symptoms, but you have to stay in for right. fourteen days if symptoms persist. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure right. which symptoms they meant. Turns out that doesn't mean sure. cough; that means fever, yep. uh, because cough could last right. for months. And uh, yeah, of so uh, it's, it's mainly fever that they're they're worried about. Mm-hmm. Cool. Right. So I've got three questions here that are asking the same thing from Dave Grieve in Perth, from Matthew Rich in Kakori, uh, and one from Ian Ferguson, who's an SNP councillor. So Matthew and uh, Dave asks the same thing. Is there anything you've suffered with comparable symptoms and after effects? Matthew kind of asks the same thing. Can you best describe the physical symptoms you experienced throughout your illness and how was it treated? And uh, just as an example of the standard of service we company expect from our locally elected members in Fife Council, Ian Ferguson, SNP councillor, says, did it hurt? Nice. Can I start ah. this off? Okay, so the first day, the first symptoms I got... Um, but and it's, it's very similar, very similar to a cold. But you don't. But I didn't have the runny nose and stuff like that. You don't even see me get that with coronavirus, which is a blessing right. <laughs> for me. I hate getting yeah. a runny nose and all that stuff. So, aye. But yeah. the first day, I got a quite a heavy, dry cough, and that's that's sort of one of the classic signs. Um, but it was persistent that day. Like usually, with it, if there's any smokers out there, you will have heard of the smokers' cough. Usually, you could. Clear your throat with like a, a few a few coughs. There was no yeah. clearing of the throat that entire time. That entire like twelve days I had the had the virus, I could not get a clear throat at all. The frustration outweighed the pain. <laughs> um, right, okay. it, it was so so irritating because you're just con- and you're constantly coughing as well. It's not just yeah. like I, w- I would say maybe once every half an hour you're getting a proper good like sort of cough I session. Bet. Normally, yeah. like uh, as you say with the smokers' cough, like mm-hmm. you know yourself, Bill, that one, once you cough, you get to a point where there's a sense of relief that you're oh. finished with the cough. You've got it. That's you've right. got That's whatever right. was causing yeah. the cough. Oh. With COVID, you've never That's got right. it. No, it's never there. It's just it's subsided enough that you stop coughing, but you've never got it. I felt that just driving me absolutely mental <laughs> sometimes because uh. I would because be, I'd be sitting up late at night. Like I, I used to get like a much worse cough at night. 
Uh, Obviously, you're lying down and stuff like that, so I'm assuming it affects your uh, your tubes in uh, that sense. But um, th- that was the most frustrating thing, lying back and then just going, cool, I'm going to have to put up with this for an hour before I actually get get some sleep. Uh, and then there's no clearing of the throat, so you're just going, lying oh, God. So that was frustrating. Yeah. And then I noticed uh, another sort of familiar thing is the, the sort of the loss of taste or the loss of smell is usually uh, quite commonly happens to me when I got cold a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like a lot more severe this time. I lost the taste and smell. And to uh, Craig, Craig's better explaining uh, which, the, which part? the car story. Oh, aye. Like so we were talking about the having to post the, the COVID test and yeah. we had just bought uh, an air freshener for the car. It was like a two, yeah. two or three days ago uh, beforehand. And... And it was really strong. Like when we bought it, I put it on Stephen's side because it was choking me to death. Like I was coughing and spluttering. I was fucking dying. It was really too strong. So I put it on Stephen's end. And uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, so when we went to go uh, post the the test, we got in the car and there was no smell there at all. It just smelled like nothing. And so we basically yeah, yeah. looked at each other and like, well, that air freshener's shite. No. That has not lasted very long at all, and for three quid, I'm I'm wanting a refund. That's ridiculous. This is like a proper magic tree, like the proper like proper black magic ah, tree things. The proper, proper high quality proper premium ones, ones yeah. as well. Yeah, and it didn't smell anything. And then uh, I don't know, two weeks later, a week, two weeks later, whatever it was, oh. when we went back out again, got back in the car, and suddenly it choked us. <laughs> and so it had, right, apparently yeah, yeah. had been working mm-hmm. perfectly fine. But we had just lost all fucking smell. Mm-hmm. Like when you're talking about losing yeah, smell yeah. when it's a common cold, mm-hmm. you get like a, mm-hmm. uh, a we I describe a it as a, as a as a the sort of taste of like a beef stock cube in the back of your nose. I don't know if that re- right. if that resonates with anybody listening, but uh, I've always called it the all beefy right. taste. Aye. Um, That's all like right, the first yeah. signs of a common cold. Yeah, usually, usually I know when I'm when I'm fucked for a week. All right, that, that's the symptoms of a cold, not a COVID. So anyone who's got uh, oxo in the back of your throat, don't worry. Yeah, don't <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If you've got yeah. oxo, you've still got taste, so yes. you're fine. In fact, if you got oxo, rejoice. Uh, you're doing well. <laughs> you're good. good aye. But that 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 right. was um, I, I I had one of my favourite meals. Um, one of the one of the, like I'm sure it was that night. It was that night. Jesus. One of my favourite meals is um, peppered steak and mm. like white sauce and stuff like that. Uh, toys, use, use, I like a peppercorn sauce, but takes too much pepper. You can't too eat pepper on the steak. I love it, man. And then pepper in the sauce. That's too I much love pepper. a lot of pepper. Um, so I, oh, yeah. that's my favourite meal. Sat down to that. Mm. Hated it. Shite. Could not, shite. Could not taste anything. I just, Craig, say, Craig, Craig, Craig said to me, he says, to be honest, everything just tasted like milk. So that was it. That was just absolutely ruined their food. For two fat bastards, like okay. yes, you can't even mess with the taste I, of food. Absolutely, I didn't. Um, didn't. Didn't you train as a chef as well, Stephen? I did. I. I. There you are. So, aye, So it wasn't. It probably wasn't the fact that you made the food and it was too bland. Genuinely, it was. I. That's just mental. I just tried to get tried to get my head around the idea of not being able to taste anything at all. It's difficult to comprehend. Happens, but, it really is. There is yeah. something. There is something yeah, yeah. you do taste, but there's like, it's com- it's concealed a lot. Yeah, it's just it's like mm. it's like eating bland stuff. Mm-hmm. 
So there yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like drinking water. People say there's no flavour to water, but you can taste water, right? Yeah. You can tell that it's water that you're yeah, drinking. Yeah. Oh. It's like that. It's like everything's bland as fuck. Oh. But so in, was... like, in like uh, 50 years time when you're in a nursing home, this is what it'll be like, you know, that kind of bland stuff that feeds to like uh, people who are in uh, mm-hmm. elderly nursing Yeah, they like having COVID. Nice and... <laughs> yeah, there basically, you go. So you've every... had some practice. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, everything tastes like high school food, yeah. basically. All right, yeah. Yeah, I quite like high school food. So yeah, we were I'm talking the idea about the, the grey burgers that they used to have. Like sad... Like they used to like it seemed like they oh, used to God. boil the burgers. Yeah. So just like really sad oh, yeah. and grey and dead. But really super oh, fucking juicy. Super juicy B- because they were boiled and in water and and salty <laughs> brine. So and it then, was like proper salt in uh, and juicy. Awful, yeah. Just awful sadness. <laughs> oh yeah. But there was so, a, like, right, another I part did... of the question you asked there is what else you would uh, it com- compare it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's an air question. I'll get to that in a sec. The thing okay. that I compared it to. Uh, mostly, well, I compared it to two different things. I compared it to having a chest infection and the flu at the same time. So I've got asthma, right. so I have chest infections quite regularly. And the thing that I've noticed okay. with a chest infection is it's like a really seriously bad cold, but without the runny nose. That's basically what as Stephen described it uh, as well. So I thought it was a chest yeah. infection for the longest, for the, the vast majority of the time that I had COVID. I thought it was a chest infection because, like, you. Right coughing stuff but then there was added breathlessness so I thought it was flu because the one time I had flu is I couldn't breathe either but it was just a worsened version of both of those things put together for me and then on the Thursday night I thought I was going to faint I was so lightheaded I was in bed all day I couldn't breathe and then I tried to sit up at night I think I was going to get water or something and suddenly, my I just got a huge head rush and just had to lie back down again. It was the the worst fucking feeling I've ever had in my life. It was so weird. Wow. I was pretty sure really? I was going to pass out. And then Stephen came up, uh-huh. and you pretty much said the same thing that I was a state. I was yeah. I was white. I was ready to fucking pass out at any second. So that's that's how mm-hmm. I would describe it. But pain, wow. there wasn't any yeah. pain. Well, I got pain afterwards. Aye. I think we're going to talk about that later as well. It was with coughing. It was when you did a lot of coughing, there was pain yeah. in the stomach. But that yeah. that's, I wouldn't classify that as a COVID thing. I would just say that's a coughing thing. If you cough a lot, uh, it hurts your muscles or whatever. I, 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 again, indirectly. So, yeah. Uh, the thing, like one thing that happened to me, it was just, just a, like a few weeks afterwards, was it was a, a quite a heavy cough. But like every time I coughed, I felt like there was like a huge immense pressure in my belly. Uh, and yeah. this was like 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 yeah. quite late at night, and I thought it was never going to disappear because it was still active in the morning. Mm. But yeah, I think like by about wow. maybe tea time, it had uh, dissipated completely as well. So like for right. that short time, I just had like every time I coughed, I feel like my belly was just going to explode. It felt uh, it was really really bad, but that's that's, that's never come up mm. again. No. So I don't know if I'm maybe uh-huh. e- eating something that day. It could have been anything, but uh, aye. That's the air issue is because you've got COVID and because COVID's constantly being mentioned in the media and stuff. You just think everything that happens, you're thinking, <laughs> shit, it's because I had COVID. Shit, I'm going to die. I'm going to, like, mm-hmm. I think yeah, sometimes, yeah. like, dig it around. Stay in the fucking house. Wear your mask if you need to go out, but mm-hmm. probably then you go out. Just fucking stay in the house. Then you go to pitties. Then yeah. you had dick. Get the vaccine when it comes out, yeah. when you're allowed to get it at least. Uh, but also, it's not 
we also need to calm down as well. Like no. calm down. Because that's that's causing a lot of people a lot of fucking fear. And uh, sure. not everybody needs to be as scared as they are. Again, yeah, yeah. clarify again, stay in the fucking house, then he get it, then he pass it to people. Mm-hmm. But also like chill, like calm down. Then you go out and buy loads of stuff that you need, then you go and fucking uh, attack people, just like chill like, the fuck the, out of you. The way yeah. it's worked to it, like ultimately you're like most people are gonna be fine. It seems. Yeah. yeah. But there are unfortunate cases when people die. And that's you just don't want that to happen. And it's a bit of gamble it's, sometimes it's a, as well. It's a, it's kind of a sophisticated message, isn't it? A complex yeah. message, perhaps better better we say what what you're trying to say there. Because there's people who appear to be just kind of laughing off and not taking it seriously and, and, and obviously they they then become quite potentially hazardous to, to, yeah, to yeah. people in the community who are vulnerable, maybe like old, older people. Mm-hmm. And then there's people, like you said as well, who maybe taking it more seriously than they need to, uh, who are getting really anxious and it's affecting their mental health. And yeah. you, you, you kind of, what, what you guys, I hear what you guys are trying to say is, are you trying to talk to everybody and say, be responsible, but don't be, you know, don't have a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I think as well, there's, there's people as well that, you, that that confuse this issue. I think there's a lot of people who appear to be not taking it seriously and there's a lot of bravado, but then maybe they're in denial. They're just saying, tra-la-la-la-la. They don't want to think about it, so they're on social media talking about it's a hoax or whatever. Uh, in fact, that leads us beautifully on to <laughs> the, next, uh, the next question from Dave Grieve. Uh, Dave Grieve, uh, he, I split his question into two. He wants to know, is it really spread by jets spraying 5G chemtrails funded by Bill Gates so that he can inject fluoride-based trackers into me so he can track me walking from one charity shop to another, buying old crap I used for two weeks and then redonate when the novelty wears off? I mean, you know, that's a good question. And because yes. you guys, of course, are now uh, experts because you did that interview that we mentioned earlier on with that professor of epidemiology, you're the go-to guys to answer this question. Yes, it is. Yes, yes it is. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, it is. Okay. There you go. So, um, Thank you for the question, for David. Right. <laughs> right that's, that's, that's great, Dave. So this one, uh, this is another far-flung question from another friend of mine from down south, Eva Yasinska davidson from Wakefield, which is kind of near Leeds. Nice. Um it's all in the UK. Mm, it's good. So, I think there might be someone, there might be one from someone else outside the UK, or, or maybe there isn't. Well, there <laughs> but isn't. you I'm said the Polish person over there. Coventry. Yeah, but there's still Coventry. Yeah. Uh, Davison is Polish, and uh, Daffy Patrykowski is, is Polish. So, uh, and there's also one from Newcastle. So, I mean, it's it's pretty cosmopolitan, guys. And obviously, right. the wisdom that you guys share with us today will be taken back, you know, to the friends and families of Daffy's and Eva, you know, and they'll be able to go back to Poland and talk to them and, and share your wisdom. So just make I, sure you're spot on. I, I just hope they could understand. I don't know if I've asked you the question yet. I just hope they could What's understand that, what we said. I know, I know. Uh, what we would do is provide a transcript or something. because <laughs> uh, yeah. The thing was, these guys, by the way, listeners, these two guys, Craig and Stephen, did an interview with this epidemiologist who was from America and also previously did an interview with uh, a candidate for the Senate in an American state, Luke Bohm, who was also American, obviously, from yeah. Ohio, I think. And I thought, uh, I, I thought listening into it, 
that these guys might have a trouble understanding Craig and Stephen's accent, but they didn't at all. There was no. none of that kind of could you repeat yourself sort of stuff. So, you know. You know what's great? Uh, you maybe need to lay the accent on a bit more thick, guys, you know, make yeah. a bit more of an effort. Well, what's been great is uh, doing the hip-hop podcast was we're mostly speaking to Americans, for like, a couple of Australians on and stuff like that. Um, right. Uh, speaking to, we, we spoke to a guy from Virginia. Yeah. Sort of uh, deep in the, like, the deep South America, sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, we had a conversation with him. Not once did he have us go back and sort of repeat what we said. He totally understood everything we're saying. Yeah, and it's it's Fantastic. been it's been amazing to go and go through some of those things, man. Although yeah, I think yeah. with, with Polish people, if England if English is a second language, that might be an issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, sure. like a yeah. thick accent plus yeah. it's a second language. <laughs> Double learning. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, oh. yeah. And I don't speak Polish, so, right, so right. we're kind of fucked. No, no, well, exactly. And um, I tell you what, that, that that's another story. It's another podcast learning Polish. That's great fun. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Emma Yasinska Davison, uh, I can't remember if I asked a question or not, but she asked, how long did it take you to recover fully? Has it had any impact on your mental health? Fully? Uh, I don't know, what, what would you characterise as fully? Like, back to exactly what you were before? Well, I mean, I guess. Cause if we're, so if you reckon including, that you're not there yet? If we're including mental health, probably not. Because mm. I still feel like I'm in the slump. I'm more worried now when I, when I go out about getting it again, even though I can, it's not technically like entirely possible that I can get it again. But it scares me to fucking yeah. death because I don't want that again. Because, no. again, yeah. the frustration of the coffin is the only thing that fucking scares me. And similarly, it gets worse if you get it a second time, so I definitely uh, don't want it. There was a, there was a, right. a professor who purposely injected him. He, he caught COVID in February and on a, on a skiing trip before people really fully knew it was there. So he was on a skiing trip and he caught it in February and he just went home and he, he was, I imagine as I was us, but he just went home and he was, he was fine afterwards, right? And uh, six months later, this was when, this is when people were still talking about Sweden as if it was a success story. People have tended right. to walk away from that a wee bit now because Sweden's ICU capacity is at less than 1%. But, uh, but this is when that's they were... Right. So, Sweden, so Sweden, what did they do? Did they do nothing apart from track and trace or just nothing? Uh, they, they've done, they've done track and trace and they've asked people to wear masks and social distance. But they, right. didn't, they limited social gatherings to, I think it was 100 or 50. Like way more than okay. anybody here. So they they done very little to stem the virus, but they've still done something. Right. But there's people who they're saying that they've never done they've never done anything. In they, they, they they really didn't. They didn't enforce anything. They didn't. Oh, so they did, it was like a like it was a, a suggestion. A it was a passive suggestion. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, but they really didn't do anything legally to do anything with the virus. They relied on the population density. That's what they relied on because Sweden is quite uh, rural. Mm-hmm. Like most places in Sweden are quite rural, huge forestry areas and stuff yeah. like that. So, so they they assumed right. normal epidemiology stuff that uh, it wouldn't spread because people were spread out more, mm. and that turned out not to be the case. Apparently, it's COVID is different from other infectious diseases. So I don't know. I can't remember why, but we done a whole podcast about this. So you go back and check that. That was a good check it out, man. <laughs> That's right. What the fuck That's was right. my point? What was I saying? So, 
I don't know, but I think what you should do is give a plug to people so they know where to go and find that if they're listening to this for the first time. So you, just you look know, up. Uh, you know what's been funny? I've, all, I've, I've been sitting here going, oh, I better hold back the plug-in because uh, this is Bill's podcast. And I'm like, no, it's no, my podcast. It's our podcast. <laughs> and, we, and we keep referring back to that interview you had with an epidemiologist. Yeah. So people really are going to want to listen to that. So you need to give them the... We have a much more condensed version for the people that don't understand that accent as well, which is perfect. So The oh, bit where they would just exactly. the answers from Katrine. Oh, yeah. On our Facebook page, I... What is the Facebook page called? Is it BTN? BTN Media. BTN Media. But is it no B-E-E-T-E-E? Uh, we'll hear the link in the description anyway, so people can find that there. Anyway, go on Facebook and go to BTN Media. And then yeah. our videos have, I think there's 14 videos where it's just a question and then her answer. And that's every single video, every single question in the podcast. Mm-hmm. I trimmed out all the shite. Yeah. I trimmed out me talking as much as possible. I trimmed out uh, like passive conversations and stuff like that and it's just full on mm-hmm. question answer there's 14 videos there uh, that's pretty much perfect if you're interested in if people want to get, get into the actual nitty gritty of that podcast that's the best way to do it I yeah. would say that covers the vaccine it covers uh, what epidemiology is mm-hmm. it covers uh, how COVID spreads whether you can go into pools or whether it's a big COVID soup it covers pretty much everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I Facebook, Good. BTN Media. So we, we, we were talking about have you recovered fully physically and mentally? Oh yeah. And you were saying you said like mentally and emotionally you're not sure you're still anxious. Uh but then I think you're you're going on from there to talk yeah. about how you're recovering. I forgot about that. That was that was where I got lost. Right. So what happened to sure. me was uh the the physical symptoms came and then they went after what, ten 12, let's say two weeks they went, mostly, the cough, right. the cough's away now, I think, but um, it took a good month, maybe more than that, but for the cough to go away, me, aye. Aye. I mean, you could tell, even in the Luke Bohm interview, maybe, I think you could tell, but maybe you can't, that I was breathless, I was quite breathless in that podcast, and I was coughing quite a lot, even during the podcast, and that was like, All right. that was like two weeks after... The first symptoms of COVID, maybe three weeks after the first symptoms of COVID. So uh, right. I, I was at least still then. But what happened to me is we went in a sort of a met, well, I went in a mental slump where I just I sort of lost uh, any interest in doing stuff. Well, that's we were sleeping a lot. I'm sorry, we we're like doing like sixteen hour shifts of sleeping. Aye. Sorry, I just done exactly what I wanted people are doing a podcast. I sat back and got too relaxed. Aye. So uh, aye, we we're doing like sixteen hour shifts of sleep. And just well, like completely neglecting any stuff we had to get done as well. Right. So, so what I decided to do afterwards is I took two months off. Well, I took two months of cutting down most of the stuff that I do. So I'm in Solidarity, I do the website stuff, and I was meant to be making another website for Solidarity. But I cut uh, that away and just stuck to updating articles and stuff. And then I cut a lot of the BTN media work away. We've cut down our interviews... I've missed quite a few interviews actually, and uh, I'm slowly over the course of about two months, uh, working my way back up, and I think I'm pretty much getting there. Uh, so I, that took that okay. took a while. That took a while. That took much longer than the physical symptoms. Sure, sure. For our for our Polish and English listeners, Solidarity is a Scottish political party 
and solidarity is an exact translation of Solidarność, uh, which was a Polish political party, and it's kind of vaguely similar in its aims as well. Yeah. So Craig does, uh, he's the website manager person for the political party. Uh, that's where I take time off from. Indeed. So anything to add to that, Stephen, in terms of recovery? Um, no, really. I, I think it, on the most part, it's kind of it's got me, it shook me up a bit because, like before, as I say, I was like sort of missing out parts of like where I'm like getting back in the car. I'm, I'm, I'm not putting the alcohol uh, rub back on my hand, sort of thing. But now it's right. every single time I'm out now, and I've become yeah, pretty yeah. fucking bad <laughs> for that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I that's, that revived. They need for to do that sort of thing. What we have noticed though is uh, because Kennedy at one point was uh, statistically per hairy population, what became after we had COVID, like uh, the weeks after we had COVID, became one of the worst country, uh, one of the worst areas in Scotland for COVID cases per really? hairy population. We were we oh, were doing dude, really bad, oh, uh, and we've noticed now that there was a big uptake and people wear masks. And social distancing. Right. There was still the arseholes. No. Like they've they've never went away. But I noticed a big increase in people starting to take it more seriously again. Well, this and was, that was great to see yeah, because right. now your cases have went significantly down. Even a lot of the shop uh, people and, and sorry throw them under the bus, but fuck it. Um <laughs> there was a lot of people that worked in the shops that were saying sorry openly to like like uh, to the track and trace folk that Oh, they're, they're all like fully actively wearing masks and all that stuff. Sorry, yeah. but some of the shops fucking weren't. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. to throw them under the bus, but I don't care. Uh, so I, I'm mm-hmm. sure that I'm pretty sure how that happened. But that's, now all the shops are wearing masks. Aye, aye. There's yeah, a big yeah, mask yeah. over every shop now. It's been crazy, actually, just going back <laughs> up and seeing the people. <laughs> There's just one mask. Just one mask, eh? <laughs> it's been crazy going back up the street and seeing. Like everybody sort of masking up and stuff, and you can see already people. Uh, once the like the manager of the shop has left, they're they're away with the masks off already. Yeah. There's already people starting to fucking oh, really? just, yeah already. It's annoying. Yeah, yeah, right. I should have said there actually that question that asked you about how you're feeling now and are you recovered. That that was a, a common question from a lot of people, including David Cunningham, who's a paramedic from Dunfermline. He's really interested in you know, the kind of the long term, how you feel now. Yeah. And also uh, Daffy Patrykowski, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, and I think that might be everyone who's asked that question. How, or Matthew Ritchie as well, of course, uh, from Kirkcaldy. So then there's another question that a lot of people are really interested in asking. Matthew Ritchie is the first one. What advice would you give others who doubt this virus exists? And Eugene Clark from Dyke. How do you feel about those who claim it's not serious and we shouldn't take the vaccine? Liam Coyle, what are your feelings to people who are anti-vaccination? So, very similar theme from those three people. Okay. What do you say to the doubters? Yep, yeah, uh, lick a door handle. <laughs> lick a door handle. Yep. Yeah, uh, <laughs> this is... <laughs> I, I, if you don't believe it's real, you I, I feel like... And you've sort of disagreed with me on, this, on these things before. I feel like... People need to get it to understand it's real, and I feel like more people need to get it sometimes. Which maybe it's a terrible thing to say. Yes, I do understand that, but uh, one of the most annoying things is the people that are sort of going about and like and like party mode a lot of the time and just meeting in big groups 
are likely the people that aren't going to get this at all. It's fucking annoying. It's super irritating. And we're, like, again, one of the people that, like, actually took it seriously for a long time. Again, sort of lapsed on some of the things, but... But we still wore the masks. We still, we still wore masks and stuff like that. We avoided still, going out. We still... We refused parties. I mean, how many mm. times did we refuse to go to that friend's house? Aye, who just times. didn't seem to be kidding that there was a fucking pandemic on. Aye. No name and names, but... There was a, an, an engagement and stuff like that as well. That's, like, fuck, we missed all that shit. Aye. Uh, but aye, that's it. Uh, but aye. then these dickheads go to house parties and nothing happens. Aye. Aye, like a door handle. That's uh, that's my advice to you. If, you. if you don't believe the vaccine is real, they don't believe the vaccine is real. If you don't believe in the virus... Like a door handle. Aye, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know what. I mean, it's been fucking since March. What is that now? What ten months? Ten, aye. Nine, ten mm. months. Well, it's December. Isn't it? if, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't understand that it's real now, mm-hmm. you're a fucking lost cause. Basically, there's a yeah. one point six million people have died for that. And no, no, I can, right? I can. When you die in a car crash, they put COVID on your. Th- no, the fucking Denny. That That's was so fucking dumb. Yeah. That was that was debated like for a, a very short time. I feel like ten minutes. <laughs> it, it seemed like that, but people that was still the believe thing. it. People still think that's happening. Oh, see, I've not heard anybody talking that's, about it. And every, go oh on any fucking media comment section. That's all cunts are saying. Right wing oh. reactionaries. Oh, aye. of course there's a lot of deaths because they put you as dying for COVID. If you die for anything, oh, I cut my finger and I died. Oh, you died of COVID. No, that's not what happens. You're a fucking idiot. You're a mutant. Jesus. But if, if people understood, if people understood how autopsies worked, and the, the actual process of writing down at the end of like a, an, an autopsy and stuff like that, it's usually just like uh, this organ stopped as the result of this happening, and then there's usually like three leading things that happens, and it's it's no. Due to virus, it's due to heart stopping or loss of yeah, yeah. stopped breathing at some point. It's usually those kind of things that they're not going to have COVID no. on the autopsy at the end. It's such it's people that don't understand the process claiming that it's fucking done in Kruger effect. Mm-hmm. People that are too stupid to understand how fucking stupid they are, and I, I don't know how yeah, I don't yeah. know how to. At this point, I do not fucking know how to explain any better because even this a. Uh, it's just a flu, or it's just as you're just as likely to die of flu as you are. Yes, if by just as likely you mean like three or four times as likely, because there's four times as many deaths for COVID in the UK than there is the flu. So that's just it's just if you've looked at any of the numbers, you know that that's not true, that, and they still keep fucking saying it. That statistic was knocked out the park, like. I think it was only like a month in. Like April. April or something like that. It was already knocked to the park, that fucking that whole statistic that they came out with. Well, yeah. And then there, there, there was confusion as well in the early days about people saying that they were confused because deaths from other causes were going down, but deaths from COVID were going up. So mm. people w- w- weren't dying so much from having heart attacks. People weren't dying enough from having, uh, as much, sorry, from having other conditions. Yeah. But then that's because those people that had those underlying conditions, they were more vulnerable COVID and then they were dying of COVID. So someone had, yeah. for example, yeah. a very weak heart contracted COVID and they died of that. Well, they didn't die of having a weak heart because then they got COVID and then that killed them because they were, because they were weakened. Yeah. They were vulnerable. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, these even that took me a while to 
understand, but that, that, that's social media for you. It's a, it's a, it's a breeding ground for... Again, it's, even it's, 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 just, it's just not having all the information at the one time. It's easy to get, get confused yeah. with these things. That does, as great that you brought that up, the, the people that were like probably in hospital already with things like pneumonia and uh, like urine infections yeah. and stuff, shit that affects the brain and like bronchial uh, diseases and stuff like that. These are the guys that are getting affected by that shit. Yeah. Well, well, sorry, yeah. no, the guys on the outside first, but um, these are the guys yeah, that are getting yeah. affected with that stuff and probably will have died at some point, but it's just been sort of rushed on. It's like I mean, a, a big a big thing now is uh, people sharing the statistics of COVID versus flu. Mm-hmm. There's been uh, what sixty thousand deaths from COVID, and there's been and we're now in December, and there's been. Less than four hundred deaths from flu, and people are now saying right. that this is this is proof of a conspiracy theory, or or right. what's what's more likely that there's a massive worldwide conspiracy theory to I don't, I don't even know what the fucking end game is with that is fucked everybody with, with every single country in the world uh, yeah every game. single yeah. country communists and capitalists fighting the gear mm-hmm. yes that's yep. that's the grand conspiracy theory or. Is COVID more transmittable than flu, and so more people have got flu, eh, more people have got COVID, and because COVID kills more people, it's killed people that would have got flu anyway. Is that does that not yep. seem more likely? Seems a bit more sensible to me. To me, that seems more like I'm not an epidemiologist, but I feel like that seems more likely. Yeah, but you have interviewed one, and you also have. if if you've already got the flu and then the COVID comes on, it's like kind of it's like the one two in boxing, isn't it? Kind of first punch and the second punch. You've already got yeah. flu, yep. uh, which you're susceptible to. So then again, you're vulnerable, and on comes COVID and and wipes you out because it got you a weak moment. Yeah. So I think you've answered that question very well. I mean, essentially, we can sum up your response uh, to what are you feeling to people who are anti-vaccination? You are a mutant. Lick a door handle. I yep. think that <laughs> that just sums it up. That's perfect. Right on. So there's a, a man from Newcastle, Tony Dowling. Having experienced COVID, if you were Prime Minister, or perhaps First Minister in the Scottish context, what would you want the country's COVID strategy to be? I've got the feeling you're going to ask me to answer this. Uh, yes, uh, we've, we've discussed it, we've, we have discussed this at length, though. Uh, the, the idea that the government had to shut everybody down, kind of... Well, basically, at the very beginning, we decided that we are just going to sort of self-isolate Keep away from everybody, because that's what we do when we have a flu. If we have a flu, we don't go anywhere. So we just followed our own guidelines based on that. But yeah, so I felt like the the government having to step in and sort of, sort of just warn everybody, and like like everybody had to take that in first, and then they're having to, to ask when they can go back out. That fucking annoyed me. But you could probably answer it better. Aye, uh, so I've always been pretty consistent when it comes to things like infectious diseases. But I'm a hypochondriac, so I, like it's just a thing that's in my life. And uh, okay. so with flu, I've always been like staying away from people when they're coughing. You've seen Big Bang Theory, eh? Yeah. Sheldon, when a uh, Raj has yeah. a cold, Sheldon instantly gets hand sanitizer out and tells Raj to sit away from him, and goes yeah, yeah. exactly as you're meant to go with COVID. Yes, fucking go yeah. like that all the time. That's the, that's how you're meant to deal with infectious diseases. Yeah. Just deal with it like every other infectious disease. Had to fucking stay away from people. Oh. Wear your mask. Wash your fucking horns. Then you go out. Like, 
it should not need government guidance for people to fucking learn how to do this. The only place that government assistance should come in is allowing people to self-isolate. So what I think should have happened, I was never in favour of like a full lockdown because my fear at the time, which has been debunked since, but my fear at the time was that suicides would go up and I was worried that the negative effects of mental health and like shutdowns then caused like general treatments to go down, like cancer screenings and stuff like that. And so we're, we're thinking that in a couple of years we're going to see an increase, like a spike in like cancer deaths or heart failures right, and things like not, that. They've not been treated in the nick of time, right? Yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. And then yeah. with the, the added depression and the assumption was that suicides were going to go up. Thankfully, that's been debunked mm-hmm. and that suicides weren't affected because of lockdowns. Oh, wow, good. And in I'm, Japan, I'm in Japan, they actually went down by 20%. And the assumption with that is that when lockdown happened, community spirit came back and people were surrounded by support groups and people were checking in on people and phoning each other and checking to see if everybody was all right. Uh, Which kind of goes to show that that could have been done anyway and we didn't need to have such a high suicide rate if people would just have their community spirit anyway. But that's that's a different thing for me to moan about. So no, that, that, that that's really interesting. And th- this, sorry to interrupt briefly. Don't lose your train of thought. But this chap Matthew Ritchie, who I've mentioned a few times, that he's really he's a community activist in Kakori, and he's really really keen on this whole idea of communities helping each other and people in the community helping each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there's a suggestion for a future podcast if you guys interview him. Sorry. So carry on. What what would you what do you think the government should have done, or if so you were the government, what what would you have done? I had a level of sympathy for the government, even the Tories, which is weird for me, uh, back in, I think it was March and April, because the tests were hard to come by, and because everybody needed the tests, and they weren't being manufactured at a high enough rate because no one really expected a worldwide pandemic to the scale of COVID, which is fair, Uh, so there wasn't enough tests at the time. But now there is enough tests, and so what should have happened is a solid track and trace regime where people were given proper money to isolate, which they haven't been given yet. I think in, right. in England you're not given anything for isolating, in Scotland you're given £500 for isolating. Uh, right. But there hasn't been anywhere near enough incentive for people to actually stay home. Because if they stay off their work, they're not getting paid. I don't think in England you're even getting... Has the furlough percentage went down as well? Furloughs went down. Uh, it's down at like 65% now. Fucking so if, you, if you're, if you're yeah. a 17-year-old who's working in a place that's shut, let's say you're working in a pub that's um, yeah. shut. Uh, maybe a 17-year-old isn't allowed to do that. We have to wait on something like that. You're, anyway, you're in a place yeah. that's shut. Or you're working at a community centre yeah. or something, mm. right? To a kitchen porter, yeah. Yeah, totally. and uh, the place is shut and you're on furlough. You're getting 75% of your wage, which is, at 17, I think it's like £4.50 or £5. Wow. Something <coughs> like that. Minimum wage, You're getting yeah. 75% of your minimum wage. You Milk isn't cheaper if you're 17. If you've got a yeah. car, if anything, it's made fucking expensive. And you have to live off sure. the 75% of your your wage, it's fucking nonsense. I've always hated that. Sorry. I've always hated that. 
always hated that way of working. So I think if they wanted to force people to stay home, fucking pay them to stay home. Mm-hmm. Then he just yeah. didn't just give them a shitty small percentage of what they need. But what should have happened mm-hmm. is people should have been given the option of uh, self isolating if they needed to, and then given proper compensation for that. And then a proper track and trace yeah. system should have been uh, installed, and then work on different tiered systems earlier. They seem to have went for a, a centralised approach at the beginning. And if you know anything about me, you know that centralization never works in my view. And that's where they right. failed. They didn't take a, a local approach because different areas were having different situations. So they needed very yeah. specific approaches for different areas. And they didn't do that. And I think that's where they failed. And now that they're, they're trying to... They're trying to catch up, and it's just not going to happen because now, now when they're doing the right things, people are already bored, and they needed to be doing that at the beginning. And they fucked it. One of the issues is as well because they were sort of learning on the job, like as they were gone, like new things were coming up. Um, people have started yeah. started to go, oh well, if we didn't need that in the beginning, why are we needing it now? Because they're only listening to yeah, the yeah. government side of the story. Yeah. They're not following the science. They're only hearing what the government are saying. It's really, really irritating. Yeah, because obviously the government's on a learning curve, so the more it learns, the more uh, it adapts and yeah. its, its strategy, which you'd expect it to do, you'd hope it would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, so, was a, that was a big thing. And question here, uh, sorry, carry on, yeah. Uh, with the, the masks, masks yeah. um, mm-hmm. at the beginning, there was two things. One was that you can't use PPE masks because nurses mm-hmm. need them and paramedics need them and medical professionals yep. need them, right? Which is totally fair, totally understand, yeah. I agree. Uh, but then they had the cloth masks and people, it, it was fairly assumed at the beginning that cloth masks were probably more harmful than good because they are for most other things. Sorry, like what, what masks? Sorry? Cloth, what, what cloth there, ones. What, cloth. Oh, cloth, sorry, yeah. 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 Uh, because that is, that is true for most infectious diseases. But right. uh, the difference with COVID is that COVID is mostly spread by droplet spread which is like spit mm-hmm. coming from your mouth and stuff like that. And that is bigger than the infection itself uh, or the virus. Yeah. So that can't get through the, the cloth masks, but virus can. But COVID requires droplets to be spread. So that was yeah. a piece of scientific information that changed the scientific view. And people, yeah. for some reason, just couldn't comprehend that science could change its mind. And that was that yeah, was a big yeah. issue because it know. never does. Yeah, <laughs> it always stays the same. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's like these these little particles of virus can't go anywhere on their own. They have to fly around in little spaceships, yeah. and the little spaceships are droplets of water that come out your mouth. And the, the little viruses are tiny, but they can't go anywhere unless they're, they're on in these droplets, and the droplets can't get through the mask. There you go. There's your yeah. there's your there answer. You Superb. So if you want to sum up uh, your response to what, what should the government have done and what would you do if you're the government, basically um, what, you, what the Scottish government could have done is aired that clip from the Big Bang Theory with Sheldon and Raj when he got uh, the, the virus and say, look, just do this. And then that, yes. people would have related to it and understood. Uh, 100% I totally, uh, yes. That should have been every single also, COVID advert. Exactly, because the COVID adverts are quite good up here in Scotland, I have to say. But yeah. there's uh, Nicola, if you're listening, and I know that you you know, you know, do listen to BPN podcast, there's your next step. And also financial support for self-isolation, like proper full-on financial support. 
financial support. Yeah, I mean, we, we know right, of a um, few clubs that are shutting uh, because they didn't have the proper financial support when they were forced to close. And that to me, that's just not yeah. on. If you're going to force somebody to close, you need to fucking pay them. That You can't yeah, just be... Yeah. If, if they need to close, fine, but you can't just let them die because you're not going to support them. Although, in defence yeah. of the Scottish government, they don't control funding. Westminster does. So... Yeah. They're limited. They, can't, they need. They can't borrow money. They have a specific amount. Of, they have a specific amount of money. They need to use that money, and they, yeah. if they're not given any extra, they can't provide assistance. So a lot of people are moaning yeah. at the wrong people. Sometimes I feel so horrible. Screed like having to ask, having to ask mum for a loan. Aye, when you saw it with Manchester. Aye. Uh, I can't remember his name, but the mayor of Manchester was talking about how yeah, yeah. he was only willing to shut down Burnham if they give. Like yeah, yeah, Andy Burnham. Andy Burnham. And uh, Burnham, they yeah. gave him something like five or ten million less than he needed. Mm. And so he was like, well, yeah. no fucking doing it then. <laughs> he felt he was being set up to fail. Yep. So, yeah. And he probably was. He's yeah, a yeah. Labour guy. Mm. Yeah, well, there you go. That's uh, party, party politics. Yeah. So... Uh, right, now some of these questions have been asked before. I'll just name check the people as I go through because I've obviously not been efficient enough in organising these questions in clumps. That's Lee Ann Watson Crooks. Oh, yeah. Um, well, that's my first mistake. We're almost at the end here, so that's good. <laughs> Lee Ann Watson Crooks. What help is being offered now? Can you share your symptoms and problems they're facing now also? Well, we just did do that, so we spoke uh, about the long COVID stuff uh, many times. So what help is being offered now? I mean, I don't know what... what what Leanne, what Leanne's after there? Are we talking? So we've spoken about financial stuff. We've just finished talking about that. There isn't really any kind of ongoing care for people who have had COVID. In fact, There's in only... terms of the treatment, which mm-hmm. is the next question, there is no real treatment for it either if you're self-isolating. Is that right? Not really. No. Not, not. I mean, if you're in hospital, they give you blood uh, that's been donated by people with antibodies. But um, right. apart from that, we've never been contacted to get well. The, the, ne- the nearest place to give blood is Dundee. Oh right, right, right. So they need to get <laughs> they need to get that shit fixed in in Fife. I could think there's uh, there's a right. blood thing in Cooper. We were meant to go to a couple of days ago. Oh, but well, I was well, ill. Oh, I never heard about this. So uh, not I planned it, but I was <laughs> ill. Uh, by the by the way, seeing as you guys have had a bit of a rant, I'll have a very small rant. I just my one. I go for it, blood. I love these things to go. I am, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hold it back because this is your interview. But I gave I went to give blood a few weeks ago to Cody, time where I live. I turned up with my mask on, hand sanitizer all over the place, super, no problem. Now I've got a rare blood group, so it's quite important for me to give blood apparently. So they tell me only two percent of people have my blood. So I need to give blood. So I turned up, I've got my mask on, and we go through the whole routine, I fill in the forums and everything that you do as per normal. People are sitting further apart, so I'm thinking this is good because I'm very conscious of this whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Then I get to the point where I go to lie down on the bed and they're going to put the needle in my arm and take my, my blood. And the, the woman says to me, you need to take your mask off. And I say, no, well, that's kind of pointless. I've been wearing my mask all the time. I don't want to take off. I'm going to keep my mask on. Even though the mask is not supposed to protect me, it's supposed to protect everybody else. It's like, look, let's just all play the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to keep my mask on. Uh, no, no, you have to take it off. We got in a bit of an argument. Then she calls over somebody, another woman, who looked like some kind of nurse or a doctor, or some kind of medical professional, maybe a few ranks further up the ladder. Uh, anyway, she she was very bossy. She had lots of authority, like she knew what was going on. And she said, you don't have to take your mask off because you don't have to take your mask off 
because you don't have to give blood today. Basically, she was saying it's an ultimatum. You take your mask off or you go home, right? And I'm thinking, this is, this is ridiculous. I'm in a room with like 40 or 50 people, maybe more than that, if you take all the, 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 the blood donor stuff wandering about. I'm like, so then I was in a bit of a quandary, right? I, I get these letters and these texts. Sometimes I even get phone calls from the blood transfusion people saying, Bill, please go and give blood. Uh, it's important, you know, it's, it's like your duty. And I'm like, okay, I'll be a good boy. And now I've got this person telling me to take a mask off and I really don't want to. So I ended up giving blood, but then uh, I'm taking my mask off. And like, so even if you guys had gone uh, to give or get blood, then there's another set of quandaries that comes up there as well. So that, that really annoyed the, me. That frustrated me. Did but, they give any logic for that? Because that doesn't seem to make any sense. Yeah, oh, it? yeah, sorry. Yeah, so the logic was, they said, um, the logic was, we need to keep an eye on you in case you're going to faint. I said, well, I'll faint. I says, you'll see that I'll faint, right? Because I'm lying down, but my head will wobble about. And it said, no, what we'll do is if one of the first signs is your, lip, your lips will turn blue. And if you've got a mask on, you can't see that. I said, well, what about if I sit up to give blood and then if I faint, I'll fall over and you'll see it. <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, you, you take your mask off or you don't give blood because we need to see if your lips turn blue. I said, oh, for sake. So I give blood and then just bolted. Yeah, it was really annoying. There didn't seem to be any kind of room for negotiation. And maybe they're just like, look, you know, we've got to get 6,500 people in a day and we're not going to mess about, you know, uh, mm. with individual conversations. Let's do what you're told. Which is kind of my response to COVID. If everyone did what I told, we'd all be happy. So I suppose, you know, that, yeah, that, that was their position, you know. They should at least tell you in advance. Because, like, if you're wearing a mask, it may be something... That, I know it's not meant to protect you, but it might make somebody feel more secure if they're in the mask. So at exactly. Least and the thing is... Offer a shield. Me that, well, well, like, yeah, but I, I don't have one of them. And I didn't know in advance, I, you know, and so they'd actually phoned me on the Saturday before and women had phoned me in person and I had the conversation. I said, look, I said, I'm in a quandary. I really want to give blood, but I'm worried about infection. And, you know, we're in contact with my father-in-law and he's quite elderly and, and stuff. You know, my wife's on medication that suppresses her immune system. We're not messing about. Right, we need yeah. to be really careful. So that's why I've not been to give blood for a while. And she talked me through it. She was like, <clears throat> don't worry. When you turn up, everybody was sitting further apart than normal. Everybody hand sanitizer, yada, 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 everyone else. And so she reassured me. And then she said at the end, of course, you know, look, it's still up to you, don't worry, we, 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 we understand, but we hope we'll come along. So she'd actually talked me through the thing and kind of talked me into it. And exactly as you said, she what she missed out was that right bit right at the end. Was, uh, by the way, when you turn up, you have to take your mask off, you know. Um, and, so, and, and of course, everything had gone according to plan. So as each step was fulfilled as I was giving blood, I'm thinking, well, this is fine, this is fine, I'm relaxing, I'm quite happy until bang, they've got that bombshell, take your mask off, you know. And I'm quite uh, obstinate and aggressive in the best of times anyway. So anyway, they got the blood and I didn't get the virus, so um, hopefully all, all is good. Mm-hmm. Right, enough about me. Tom Robertson wants to know <laughs> what level of care was needed. Um, again, we've kind of covered this. Um, sorry, Tom, I didn't put your question in when I should have. What treatments were given? There were no treatments given. Uh, to your knowledge, however, this is the, this is a good one. Did you pass the virus on to anyone else? I would be surprised. I'd be. I definitely yeah. don't think so because uh... the only thing I could think of that we went out after contracting COVID was maybe to KFC. I went to KFC. That was a. Uh, that was the, the that was the day I had. I thought I had the symptoms, but I hadn't. Uh, I hadn't fully figured it out yet because I was only just a slight coughing. Yeah. As I say, I was smoking at the time. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that day we only really went to KFC. 
and it was drive through, and it was drive through. So it was just us grabbing the bag. Mm-hmm. There was no. That's got like minimum minimum risk, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I'd, I'd be and that, that's I'd the be thing when you you're kind of pre-symptomatic or or only symptoms that you're confusing with a smoker's cough. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right now, Agnes Stevenson. Did you have an immunity problem? And if you did, did they say anything about brain problems? I, I, you, you guys know a lot more about COVID than this, so you might know what Agnes is referring to, a brain problem. Did you have an immunity problem? And if you did, did they say anything about brain problems? I don't know. Immunity problem, I don't know what that means. Uh, well, like, for example, um, did you have yeah, some people, like, for example, my wife, who's on, has, takes medication to suppress her immune system because right. of... Uh, rheumatoid arthritis or some people just have like immunity uh, suppressed Im- immunodeficiency or something mm-hmm. so i don't think either of you guys have got that but i did mean to mention at the beginning that craig you won't mind me mentioning that you you were born with only one kidney and one of the symptoms of late stage covid is kidney failure so that might have been did, did, did you actually worry about that or did you think about that did you remember about that I didn't know until you just told me this. I was just going to say, I've got a funny feeling Craig didn't know because his face went white. All right. It was on the document that I sent you. Right. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's that's the good. Well, there's see, there's a secret to happy life. Never read the instructions. Never read. Never go into the detail. Anyway, you 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 didn't get it, so you're okay. You've dodged that bullet. That backfired on me. Didn't worry. So I didn't read that document because I liked I I liked I liked the concept of. uh, so the way we do the podcast normally is just yeah. off the cuff and you get mere like surprises. Absolutely. You get surprises and stuff, it's great. That's like not it. a surprise I wanted. white right now, it's amazing. Yeah, uh, yeah I didn't yeah. know that. So, uh, but well, you have, well, you have... if it makes you any happier, I've only got one kidney as well, so but I've not had COVID yet. So, mm-hmm. so <laughs> I'm actually in a worse position because if I do get COVID... I know about this thing, so I will be crapping myself, whereas you've had COVID and didn't, and you just sailed through it, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> so actually, I'm potentially in a worse position than you are. I hope that helps you feel better. Yeah, it does, leave it. but uh, here's a tip hey, for you. Good. Get tested once you yeah. feel better. Right. That's what I've done, and I feel so well, much I... happier with it. Oh, so you, yeah, so you got tested again to make sure that you were okay? No, 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 no. I mean, I, I was already starting to feel better when I got tested. Uh, oh, see, sorry, yes, 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 yes. So I'd like past the peak already. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes, I understand. Got you, got you. But uh, in right. terms of the immunity uh, thing, you've often suggested. So hmm. I have a, a weird thing. Uh, do you know what norovirus is? Norovirus. Yeah, it was a. It was a. Yeah, it happened a few years ago. It was a big thing with lots of people throwing up and being sick. Yeah, it's, got, it's called the winter right? vomiting bug or something. So, winter uh, vomiting bug. There you go. So I. So the symptoms of that is that you become very uh, feverish, you get very weak, and then you vomit and have diarrhea for about three days. That's the winter vomiting bug. And a lot of people suffer uh-huh. dehydration. A lot of people have... I wouldn't say a lot of people. Depends how you define a lot of people, but some people have died because of this, that if you're older and you vomit and have diarrhea for three days, you're going to go die. And uh, so I mm. get norovirus or the symptoms of norovirus like twice a week and it's not for three days so I have it for about five hours twice a week and so really yeah why 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 I don't know I've asked the doctor and uh, she said but you've always had it you've had it for years this has happened for for about three or four years now years with you 
maybe oh, five okay. years. And uh, okay. I don't know why. So I'll wake up in the uh-huh. morning and I'll feel fine. And then later on, tends to be about 10, 11 o'clock, I'll start to feel a bit, uh-huh. a bit shitty. And then uh-huh. I'll get this really annoying feeling in my stomach. And at that point, I message Stephen and tell him to go and use the toilet because I know that I'm going to be in the toilet for about two or three hours. It's so weird because it just comes oh, wow. on it's out of nowhere as well. Yeah. We've been we've been out shopping and you could tell it's happening. because Happened you, last Tuesday. Uh, because you, you stopped talking for a wee while. Yep. Which is hard for Craig. Um, he stopped talking for like <laughs> like a, a few minutes and he was like, just sitting back and I was like, you're fucking feeling sick, aren't you? And uh, so we just immediately went up the road and that was you for five hours, just right. in the bathroom. Well, I'm a, so what happens is I have a, like an hour before I need to go into the bathroom where I'm just feeling nauseous. Right. Mm-hmm. And to me, feeling uh-huh. nauseous is so much worse than being <laughs> sick. Like the nausea yeah, yeah. I feel is the worst fucking thing in the world. And so I'll have yeah. that for about an hour, and then about 55 minutes into that, I'll message Stephen so he could use the toilet, because again, it's going to be three hours. And then go I'll go out the toilet, and I'll put on either the cold tap or the hot tap, depending on whether I feel cold or hot. If I feel hot, right. I'll put on the cold tap, and it'll splash on me. And if I feel cold, I'll put on the hot tap, in the hopes that it heats right. up the room a wee bit. It's just my thing. I don't know if it has any bearing on whether I feel better or not. Uh, but I do it. Yeah. And then I sit on the toilet and I have a bucket there and I just wait for three hours. And what happens, happens. And then I come out the toilet, uh-huh. I go to sleep for two hours and I wake up feeling great. I don't fucking wow. have and any this idea. Happens, this happens regularly to you. Two, two times a week. In the winter. It only happens in the winter. It doesn't happen winter. in the summer. Sheesh. That's amazing. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's amazing. It's fucking shit. Absolutely. Oh, it's, it's brutal. But uh, yeah, maybe, so... maybe you know, maybe you, you should you should have mentioned that when you did the epidemiologist, because then maybe like other kind of doctor type people have been listening, and then they'd, uh, you know they get in touch with you and sort of you know tell you you've got a rare tropical disease. Maybe that'll happen with this. You know, I think I every podcast you do, you should mention it on the off chance that <laughs> yeah, these yeah. person might be listening. That's a good show, actually. I might do that. Mm-hmm. But I that's that's good I've idea. had that wow. for years now. Well, First, it affected your work when you were working with the yeah it happened at work as well it happened one day at work sure. and they had to go into a work toilet which was not fun mm-hmm. considering I'd, I'd, I didn't really know anybody at that point and then I had to yeah, yeah. just tell my boss like oh I need to go home I'm dying and uh, I couldn't even drive my car home that night actually I had to get a friend to come and pick me up and take me home because I was still uh, faint and I had to leave my car yeah. in Kirkcaldy and then I had to get... Jock actually took me to get my car that night, actually. <laughs> so, yeah. Aye, yeah, but yeah. after six hours, uh, an hour before it, three hours in the toilet, two or three hours sleep, and then I wake up fine and I'm starving. Right, and I just, just need to go yeah. and get something to eat and I fill myself up with calories and sugar to get myself back to normal. Yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Aye. So I think that... That might be an immune issue, but it didn't seem to impact COVID. Actually, I didn't have that no. situation the whole time I had COVID. No. So maybe there's a thing there where COVID okay. cures it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit like yeah, a bit like the positive effects of smoking. Yeah. 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 Okay. I need to get COVID made off. Yeah. I didn't wow. know going to do that. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't do that. Okay, uh, Myra Blake uh, would like to know, 
Has recovery from such a horrible virus changed your outlook on life? Well, I've stopped smoking. Uh, Fantastic. So that's uh, I, I, I think it's, it's pretty serious now because like before, I would sort of sneakily think about smoking a lot of the time and try and like mm-hmm. sneakily maybe body off fags so or probably like like <laughs> like really sneakily do things, but I've never really had that thought since then. Right. Uh, so I, I think and it's that's a, since October. Since October, I. Uh, wow! Pretty, fantastic. Cool. So that's um, not positive, that. uh, good for health and save you shed a load of money. Oh yes, <laughs> saves me a shed load of money as well. <laughs> Buying his fucking bucket for him. Uh, I, I I didn't really. I I, I suffered bullshit less. Now I'm I'm right. much more like. Well, it's affected me now, so I'm, I'm mere, mm-hmm. it's mere emotional, it's mere personal when people say, sure. oh, it's made up hoax, people aren't getting COVID. Well, I fucking had it, so you're, call, you're directly calling me a liar now. Mm-hmm. And so I suffer bullshit less. But uh, I, since I took it seriously before, and I'm taking it seriously now, it hasn't really changed much for me. I've, I've always been... Yeah. We've always been <laughs> sceptics anyway. Mm. So like like the suffering bullshit thing like it's maybe changed you a wee bit but probably not that much. <laughs> You've always been a skeptic right. at heart and you're always right. kind of quick to say that's done. Nope, wrong. Like right. that. You're always kind of quick to do that anyway. We both are. Aye, which which doesn't always pan out good for me because I'm very stubborn. Mm-hmm. So I've had like death threats and stuff for like saying this shit, which is mental. That for saying bullshit and then you ever like oh that's bullshit and they're like oh I'm gonna kill you then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brilliant. Logic. Yeah, that's that's uh, the lovely world of social media. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so that's good. So there's a couple of positive things come out. Um, Stephen stops smoking, and Craig suffers fools much less gladly. Yes. So it's nice <laughs> to think that the, you know some good can come out of bad. You know. Definitely. Final Definitely question, benefits. guys. Last one. Those are the benefits, uh, features, and benefits. So, um, final question from Bob Gillespie in Perth. Uh, he asks, this is going back to your expert knowledge that you've gained. Why are we still not using local contact tracers door knocking rather than call center telephoning? And why are we relaxing restrictions for five days at Christmas and risking a massive increase in COVID infections and deaths of loved ones? I don't understand the Christmas thing either. I can, exp- I can explain the Christmas one. As to allow people a wee bit of freedom, I do get that. But... Mm-hmm. Should I, answer the first one first. What was the first one again? Ahead, you go ahead, actually. The yeah. first one, why are we not using local contact traces actually going door-to-door knocking, not door-to-door, but door knocking, rather than call centre telephoning? I guess this is the track and trace, you know. You got yeah, I feel like that's, that's more inefficient. Oh, I think you would get through a lot more people phoning them than, than a knocking on the door. And also, if you're knocking on somebody's door that you know for a fact has COVID, like you're mm. then having to be PPP'd up to the fucking wazoo, or is it PPE? P- oh, yeah, sure. Anyway, PPE, yeah. Yeah, you have to be fucking protected up to the wazoo, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. just a, a more inefficient way to do it. So yeah, I, really. I feel like I feel like the contact tracing in terms of phoning people is fine. I just don't think they've... Uh, I don't think they've done the right strategy for contact tracing. I think it should, should be a lot more aggressive. It's a lot more waiting for people to have the will to go and date as opposed to testing. Although saying that, 
speaking to the epidemiologist, she said that there's a specific time period that you should be tested to get the best results. So, like, mm-hmm. when we had COVID, if you were to come up to our house on the Monday and there on the Tuesday we told you that we had COVID and you went for right. a test, you would probably get a, a negative test result because, right. I don't know why, but you just do. And uh, she said that the best time to get it was, I think, eight days in. Six, six to eight days Six in. to eight days in. And then okay. before that, you're more likely to get a, a false negative. So, right. I don't know, maybe maybe my idea of a more aggressive test and trace is wrong. But I, thankfully, I'm not an epidemiologist, so I'm not making the, <laughs> the policies for that. But uh, I... So, I think in terms of this conversation, that's the call centre thing is probably the best bet. Fair enough. Fair enough. And the second one was... Fucking, I forgot the second one now. I think you did the second one first. Um, why are we... Oh, yeah, no, we haven't, no. Uh, Stephen mentioned that it's about relaxing restrictions for five days at Christmas. What's that all about? Oh, yeah, I think I think the, the logic of that is just police not being able to handle two things at once. Mm-hmm. Over the course of Christmas, people were already going to break rules. And so the police would have had to deal with people breaking rules. And then on top of that, the people breaking rules causing crime because crime goes up at Christmas anyway. Mm-hmm. And because people were getting sick yet, that might have caused more people to break rules than normal and then more crimes to happen than normal. So I think it was just right. a case of trying to keep people easy to control. Well, that's a conspiratorial. Christ, fucking Illuminati is coming to control us. But I, th- I think that was the, the basic idea was that they didn't have the resources to cover everything, so they make less things illegal and they've got more resources to deal with other things. I think it's a basic resource issue. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Right, I think also what we need to do here is we're about an hour and a half late here, what we should have said right at the very beginning, but you guys could edit this in if you want at the beginning. This is a socially distanced interview. I'm about 10 miles away from Fagan <laughs> Stevens and we're doing this whole thing over one of those uh, Zoom-type networking uh, meeting yeah. software programs. So no COVID was transmitted in the transmission of this program. Right, anyway, are, that was our last question. Well, we, we are in the same room. But, Me and Stephen are in the same room, but we are loved together. So yeah. we're allowed to be in the same room. I mean, that, that whole idea when one of you had COVID and the other one didn't, then trying to when your house, I've seen your house and your house is bigger than my flat, but still, it's going to be Elizabeth and I have said this, my wife and I have said this, if one of us gets COVID the idea of self is going to be absolutely impossible, we've got two yeah. bedrooms although one bedroom doesn't have a bed in it yeah. but even so, obviously there's one toilet there's one kitchen, there's one telly I don't think you guys have got a telly, but you know, it's absolutely, it's going to be as hard as you might, and even though you two are anti-social and try to keep away from each other I would think it would just be impossible for one not to infect the other when you live in a wee, a wee house like you do or a tiny flat like I do. Yeah, I mean, even just if we could have a hundred bedrooms, but we've only got one bathroom. Mm-hmm. We're still going to need to yeah. use the same bathroom. We have to use the same banister yeah. coming down the stairs to go to the same kitchen. We have, yeah. To, yeah. We have to cook and eat. Yeah. Uh, the toilet. <laughs> like, we've got one fridge and freezer. One fridge freezer. Uh, it's just it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fucking nightmare. Yeah. So it was, it was a Tory idea that. that you should isolate in the same house. Yeah, exactly. This whole idea that people have got a big house, or even even just a, a medium-sized house with two toilets, once you've got two toilets <clears throat> or two bathrooms, 
then then stuff starts to become you think, okay, well maybe I could, you know, exist, you know, you just chuck food into me and I'll but I I'll stay in this room, I'll go from this bedroom here to that toilet there and have a shower and come back and that's it. You you potentially could do it, but if like you said, if you've if you've got one toilet, you've had it, mate. One bathroom you've had it. Yeah, yeah. And these guys probably have much bigger houses as MPs with their uh, larger salaries. Yeah, one stays so in the west when one stays in the right one. Although I guess we probably could get quite political now because it's near the end. So if we were going to like frighten people off of politics, you know, uh, oh, it's too late, you know, because if we're in, yeah, yeah, that's it. Do it at the end. Tory bastards, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Craig and Stephen, uh, thanks very much. That's absolutely fantastic. We've answered everyone's questions. Mm-hmm. So uh, you guys will be able to edit on. Uh, be sure to subscribe to BTN Media with a bit of music and stuff at the end of this and we're done we'll do